This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. can take pretty much any idea, any opinion, any concept, and back it up with something from the Bible. You can take a little passage, a little, you know, a couple of verses and just, you know, pull them out of the scripture and twist it and make it mean almost anything you want. And that's why it's so essential and we consider it to be of vital importance that we just go through the book and teach the whole counsel of the Word. As Pastor Robert reminds us today, verses from the Bible are often taken out of context and used to support one cause or another. It's important for us to study the whole Bible and not just verses that suit our needs at the time. God's Word, His whole Word, has been given to us so that we'll learn His truth. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. We've been working our way through the New Testament and most recently the book of Acts. Last week we looked at the first part of chapter 9 and we didn't quite make it as far as I thought we would as I had planned to. So I want to back up and give you a little bit of a review, realizing that it's absolutely essential when we study the Scriptures that we keep it in context. You know, there's a vast, just a huge difference between teaching from the Bible and teaching the Bible. You can take pretty much any idea, any opinion, any concept, and back it up with something from the Bible. You can take a little passage, a little, you know, a couple of verses and just, you know, pull them out of the scripture and twist it and make it mean almost anything you want. And that's why it's so essential and we consider it to be of vital importance that we just go through the book and teach the whole counsel of the word, teach the whole Bible, go through it in order for the most part. I mean, we try not to deviate from that if possible, not too much anyway, and just go through it and and take the whole thing. Because in doing that, the pieces begin to connect. The dots begin to connect, if you will. And you begin to see the themes that are present here throughout the Scripture. You begin to find that some of the things that you first maybe perceive as contradictions, you begin to see them know. They're not contradictions. They're just maybe two different perspectives or two different angles on the same truth or complementary. You see one guy's perspective on an event from over here and another man's perspective of the event from over here. And when you put them together, you have a fuller picture of what took place there and what it is the Lord wants to communicate. And what we see here in Acts chapter 9, you know, this is one of those that 
it's not a fun passage to teach. You know, there's some passages of Scripture that are just, they're just fun. They're exciting. They're encouraging. You know, they lift you up and you leave with a big smile on your face, you know, and just so full of joy and just glad you went to church. And then there are other passages that you leave scratching your head or maybe not quite so happy. As we looked at the first part of the book of Acts, let me just quickly bring you up to speed. What we see in the book of Acts is the birth of the church. The Lord Jesus is ascended after 40 to 50 days with the disciples, you know, uh, raised from the dead, and then he hangs out with them for over a month. And he comes and he goes, and they think he's going to stay, and he's telling them, I'm leaving, and then he's back, and then they, you know, they look up, and they're in a locked room, and he's there with them, and, and this goes on for weeks. They must have been completely confused until one day he takes them out of town, he guides them, they walk out toward Bethany, out of the city of Jerusalem, and now they watch him physically ascend into the heavens, and he's gone from their sight, and they're just standing there watching until an angel comes and says, what are you doing? Why are you gazing off into heaven? It's time to get busy. He's coming back. And they remember what he told them, go into Jerusalem, wait there until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and empowers you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And they do, they go there, they wait. And there's 120 of them gathered together in one room. So it had to have been on the second floor of a building, an upper room. And as they're there and the doors are locked and they're gathered together and they're seeking the Lord and all of a sudden... The Holy Spirit comes upon them, and it's described to us there in Acts chapter 1. Is all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls upon that group of believers, and they're all speaking in an unknown tongue. But the thousands who are gathered in Jerusalem hear the commotion, and they think, man, what's going on here? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Is this a bunch of people partying? I mean, a bunch of drunks with all this commotion? And Peter steps up and says, no, no, no. As he addresses this crowd of thousands, he says, this is what the Father promised through the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. He said, that's exactly what's taking place here. And he goes on to present the gospel to him. He says, you know, you crucified this man Jesus, whom God had anointed to be your Messiah. God raised him from the dead. And he preaches this incredible message to these thousands of people who've gathered there, not understanding what's taken place. And many of them make the decision to turn from their religious thing, fulfilling the rituals of Judaism, to a relationship following the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we toss around terms like that a lot of times we don't understand. Following Jesus. I remember one day when it clicked with me that he's talking about something literal. He wants me to follow him, and he will lead me through this life day by day, step by step. This is not just a Christian term to be tossed around. It's not a figurative statement. It's a real thing that he's talking about. He wants me. He's alive. He wants me to follow him. He's headed somewhere. He wants me to go with him. He wants me to follow him. He promises to talk to me about life, to teach me principles, but also to lead me by means of His Holy Spirit day by day, step by step on this journey. He wants me to follow. And as they made the decision to do that, thousands and thousands of people were coming to know Him and, and entering into a fellowship. And they began sharing meals together. They began um, getting to know each other. And actually, there in the early part of the book of Acts, church life, what it's meant to be, is described to us. It's not an attendance thing. 
It's a family dynamic where you have men and women who make a choice to relate to one another on the basis of that unity of spirit. You and I, the Bible says, are being made one at the level of the spirit. Joined together, made into one new being, a dwelling place for the spirit of God is what we're told in Acts chapter 1. He's doing something really wonderful beyond our comprehension, but he's doing it among us. And he says he wants us to live it out and experience it in our day-to-day reality. And he describes that to us there in, in, in the first part of the book of Acts as they were breaking bread together from house to house and they were studying the word together. They were being taught by the apostles. And as all this is going on, there were needs among them that began to come to the surface. They realized, man, we have a whole bunch of widows here who can't provide for themselves. They're, they're too old to work at the kind of stuff that we do and make money to live and there's nobody to care for them and they're part of our family and we have to care for these people. And so they began distributing daily to the needs of these elderly widows. And as a part of that, one group of the widows rose up and said, hey, we're we're being neglected over here. The ones that are culturally Hebrew, remember they were all Jewish, but there were some who had maintained their ethnicity. They were still living as Hebrews. There was another group, though, that had been assimilated more into the Greek culture, and they're living more as the Greeks lived. And they're saying now to the church, we're being neglected. Our needs are not being cared for. And the apostles saw that, acknowledged it, and said, but we're not the ones to deal with it. We can't pull ourselves away from the study of the Scriptures and prayer to begin serving the practical needs of these widows. So we want you, the congregation, the thousands now who had come to Christ, The apostle said to them, look among yourselves and identify seven men who are godly men. They're of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who will minister to the practical needs. And so they did. They appointed seven men, and we saw two of them. Five of them kind of disappear into church history, but Stephen and Philip stand out. Stephen was the first martyr of the church, and we saw there that as he began proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah, he was faithful as a servant doing the practical things, but he was also talking about his faith. And as he talked about his faith, he did it apparently in a spirit of gentleness and respect, as Peter tells us that we should, because we're told that those early Hellenist Jews there in the first century, they tried to argue with Stephen, but they couldn't really. They couldn't tear down his wisdom, neither could they refute the spirit in which he spoke. And so they got liars to come and testify falsely against him. They dragged him in front of the council, finally pronounced sentence upon him, took him out, and proceeded to stone him to death. We're so glad you joined us today for today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will be back with another message from God's Word soon. But in the meantime, we'd like to invite you to visit our website, MainThingRadio.com, and like our Facebook page. Keep up to date on everything happening in Main Thing Radio and receive a dose of encouragement right on your newsfeed. Right now, we'd like to take a minute to tell you how you can support the ministry of Main Thing Radio. We are blessed to be a part of God's kingdom advancement through these broadcasts, but just as with any ministry, there are significant costs involved. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us in our continuing ministry here at Main Thing Radio? This month, we have a special thank you gift. For any donation of $15 or more, we'll send you a copy of Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven. This book shares insights, research from the Bible itself, that give us a picture of what heaven will be like and may challenge some of what you previously believed about our eternal home. 
This gift is yours as our way of saying thank you for your donation to Main Thing Radio. For more information or to contribute, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click Donate at the top of the page. From all of us at Main Thing Radio, we want to thank you for joining us for today's message. Be sure to tune in again right here on Main Thing Radio.